and I'll read the illustration from my phone. I hope that you will plan to take some time this Christmas uh, to sip on a cup of hot chocolate or a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just enjoy the season, all right? This afternoon, if you, if you want, you can tell your significant other when you sit in front of the tree and the dishes are in the sink, say, I'm obeying the preacher. I'm sitting in front of the tree just relaxing a little bit, all right? You know, Christmas is a very busy time of year. And uh, sometimes people dread Christmas. They think, oh, man, I got so many things to do. And I have gifts, and boy, I have gifts. You know, we kid it amongst our kids. They're all getting older now. So we decided maybe, I don't know what's going to happen, um, maybe we'll just have a card swapping, you know, gift cards. I'll give you this one and that one, and it'll be over with. <laughs> um, you know, Visa gift cards are good. You can spend them at any store, but they cost a little more. You have to go the extra mile if you get a Visa gift card because, it's you know, there's a fee they attach to it. Um, but let's, let's determine this year that we're going to enjoy the season, okay? Uh, uh, how many of you like to go see Christmas lights? Uh, it, it's a fun thing to do, you know. It's cold. I know last year we went on the coldest day of the year to some place in Kutztown or something. I think the Reynolds were with us and the Styles, and it was so cold. I mean, it was really cold, and I'm like, hey, look at those lights. You know, I'm freezing. Look at those lights, you know. And uh, But it was fun. It was Look, we have a memory now, right? And uh, so so there's lots of lights to see. And um, how many of you put lights on your house? Let me give you an easy way to do this. Okay, good. So look, find the people in the church and get the director. Just at least drive around. Take a drive to all the church members and look at their, their lights, you know. Anya's saying, no, don't do that. Ours are lame. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Let's enjoy the season, okay? I got Chase and a rabbit. I don't need this right yet. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Luke chapter number two. We're going to continue our mini-series and uh, we're leading up to our Christmas program. We're looking at characters in the Christmas story. We've looked at Mary, and we said Mary teaches us, amongst other things, submission to God. She said, be it unto me according to thy will. And that's our attitude needs to be that, uh, be it unto me. Anna, we said, was one that worshiped God or praised God. She uh, worshiped the babe there as she saw him uh, after the fact. And then we looked last week at Joseph, and we said Joseph is one of the characters, again, that teaches us, amongst other things, to trust God. I mean, this was some serious bad news for him initially. What? My wife, was, or my wife is with child. My betrothed is with child, huh? Uh, they weren't official yet, but more than engaged. Uh, that's disturbing. And yet Joseph trusted God and named the child Jesus just as God told him. I want to look this morning at the shepherds, and uh, I want to preach a message that I have entitled, When God Makes Known to You. If you want to personalize this and you're taking notes, you can write it this way, When God Makes Known to Me. We're familiar with this section of scripture. Follow along as I begin reading in verse number 8. The Bible says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude and the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And, then, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's bow and ask the Lord to help us as we look at this message when God makes known to you. Lord, we love you today. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to be able to gather here in your church and gather around your word. And Lord, we ask today that you would do what only you can do. And we ask, Lord, that you would meet with us. Lord, we need you. Lord, we want to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would change us from the simple message this morning. And Lord, would you be glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. The shepherds are in the field. They're doing their job. They're watching the sheep. They're tending their business. And all of a sudden in the night, you know the story, we read it. Angels come and they tell the shepherds the truth about a Savior that is born in Bethlehem. Verse number 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. They're given a message, but like Every individual on the planet, they must decide what they're going to do with the message that they're given. You know, often people think there's problems in this world and we got to fix these problems. Do you know the answer to life is found in this book, in the truth of the Word of God? The problem's not with the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth sets free. But yet many people get frustrated in life because they don't respond to truth as they ought to. I've used this illustration many times over the years of being here. Some of you are new and so you haven't heard it, so I'm going to share it again. As I think concerning following the instructions of the Word of God, my mind immediately goes to a story of my daughter when she was a couple years old, two or three years old. We bought her this sit and spin. How many of you know what a sit and spin is? You sit on this little circular thing and you spin and it goes around, Wee, you know. At that age, it doesn't cause dizziness. I wouldn't want to try it now. At my age, I'd probably be spinning for months after. I bought this thing, I put it together, and I put the nice labels on. You know, they send you these stickers and you... You, you know, it comes and you put the stickers on, and it's so beautiful. And I thought, this is just awesome. Here it is. The problem is I didn't follow the directions. You see, do you need to follow the directions putting together a sit and spin? I did. There was really only a couple steps. Put the stickers on, 
and put the handle on. Except I missed one small little thing. And that was to screw the middle section in. I put the nice labels on, beautiful sit and spin. My daughter got on this thing and whoo, the handle fell off. Do you know I thought for a little bit, like many of us do, I thought I got a rejected sit and spin. The problem is with the sit and spin until I realized that there was a screw that I needed to put in before I put the label on. And so for the life of the sit and spin, I had a sit and spin that had nice labels on, but in the top middle there was a screw that everybody could see. It was a reminder of my lack of following the instructions before putting it together. And do you know we have the truth? And the Bible says the truth will set free. But our response to the truth is absolutely vital. And I want to just take a few minutes. What was made known to the shepherds was the truth. Hey, Christ is born. A Savior is born. And I want to just take a few minutes, and I want to look at how they responded to what was made known to them. And then I want to make application for us as we think concerning God is still in the business of making known truth to his people. And we have this truth of the word of God. I want us to see, number one, as we look at this story, a very simple message this morning. Number one, what did they do? They believed the truth. They believed it. The angels declared the message. We say, how do we know they believed it? The Bible says that they said in verse 15, let us now go. Let us go now to see this thing which might be come to pass. No, the Bible says to see this thing which is come to pass. Hey, we've got to get going here. As a matter of fact, the construction of the verb there, I'm told, is that they continually talk to each other saying, hey, we got to go, we got to go. Let's get going. Let's go see this thing which is come to pass. They didn't waffle. They didn't, uh, they didn't uh, weigh out the sides and say, hey, uh, we got to uh, get some advice from some other people. No, no, no. They, 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 the word of God came and they believed it. We think concerning the word of God. Let me ask this question. How many of you, the first time you heard the gospel, you got saved first time? One, one, two, three. I don't know that I got saved the first time I heard the gospel either. You see, as we think about it, the gospel didn't change. What changed is my thinking. What changed is the Holy Spirit of God convinced me to believe the truth of the word of God. If you're saved here this morning, you're saved, you know you're on your way to heaven because when the word of God was presented, you believed it. You accepted it as truth. A lot of people in the world today, they don't want truth. They reject truth. People know that if I accept truth, I'll have to be accountable to truth. The Bible says faith, Romans 10 and verse 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, the Bible says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you, that believe. I read a story 
about the January 15, 1919 Boston Molasses Eruption. Any of you ever heard about this? Good old Isaac Gonzalez. The molasses flood is what they call the Boston disaster occurred on January 15, 1919 in the North End neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. A large storage tank filled with 2.3 million U.S. gallons of molasses. How many of you like molasses? You know, you get the pancakes and you say, give me the good stuff, not the Aunt Jemima. You want the stuff. We had a guy in one of the churches I worked in. This guy was from Canada. He was from Canada, and he showed up. He was, he was on staff at the church, and he decided that we had, is it uh, maple trees? Maple trees, maple trees. And he decided that there was enough maple trees on the property for him to, is it called tap the trees? And this guy would tap the trees, and he would make uh, uh, maple, uh, maple syrup. Now I just lost my thing. Here we go. In any event, molasses. Imagine 13 or 2.3 million gallons. That's a lot of molasses. Uh, approximately 13,000 tons. The, 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 this, this molasses in this gallon uh, thing, it burst. And a wave of molasses rushed through the streets of an, at an estimated 35 miles per hour, killing 21 and injuring 150 people. The interesting thing about this tragedy is that it could have been avoided. A fellow by the name of Isaac Gonzalez worked on the molasses tanks as an employee of United States Industrial Alcohol. He had informed his superiors, Mr. White and Mr. Gell, numerous times that he thought the tank was unsafe and may collapse. He even slept in a small office next to the tank for several months, fearing the worst would happen during the night. Finally, when they decided to repaint the tank a different color, that's kind of like you, something knocks in the engine of your car. And you turn on the radio, so fix it so you don't hear it. They decide to paint it. We're going to paint this thing a different color. They don't do anything. We're going to paint it a different color. And when they decided to paint it a different color, uh, he decided, instead of repairing it, he quit his job and enlisted in the Army. The refusal of those men to receive the truth Gonzalez was sharing did something that caused much pain and much tragedy. And we think about the pain and the tragedy that's caused by individuals because they re re refuse to believe truth. Now, hold on just a second before we move on. We're Christians. We're God's people. And, you know, it's easy for us to say to an unsaved person, you're going to go to hell unless you believe truth, and that's true. But sometimes God will show us truth in his word, and he wants us to believe him, even though we don't see it all, even though we don't understand it all. We have to believe God. Faith pleases God, right? He that cometh to God, Hebrews tells us, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Don't, aren't we thankful for a loving God that makes known to us truth? And as he makes known to us truth, we must say, I believe it. Someone said the song says this, God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it for me. Well, that's good. God said it, and that settles it, and hopefully we believe it. And when I believe it, it does settle it 
for me. Faith, faith pleases God. The shepherds heard a message. Christ the Savior is born today. Let's go now. I believe truth. Number two, I want you to see this. As the truth was made known to the shepherds, not only did they believe it, number two, they experienced it. They said, hey, we are going to go now. Look at verse number uh, 16. The Bible says, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They were urgent about obeying the truth they had heard. Uh, they determined that they were going to see Christ as soon as possible. They didn't wait on a more convenient time. When, were, when did the angels come? In a nighttime. Hey, they could have said, you know what, let's, let's wait. Let's just wait till it gets a little more light. Let, let's wait till day. Hey, traveling at night was a lot more dangerous. But the shepherds say, hey, we're going to go. We are going to move quickly. We're not going to wait. We're not going to dawdle around. You ever try to hurry along a dawdler? Say, uh-oh, pastor's meddling a little bit. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying who the dawdler is. I'm just saying sometimes it can be a challenge to help dawdlers along. How, how about talkers? You know, it's probably maybe some of these shepherds were dawdlers. Come on, let's go. We've got to get going. How about talkers? And talkers want to talk about it. Let's see, how are we going to get there? How are we going to do, you know, how are we going to, you know. Yeah, you try to say, hey, let's quit talking about it and, and, let's, and let's, let's get moving. Yeah, I know. I'm not telling you which one of your family members fits these categories. I'm not saying that. How about procrastinators, you know, people that put it off? Hey, uh, the word found here in our text, they found them, uh, speaks of effort in gaining the promise and the reward of seeing the child Jesus. By the way, seeing the child Jesus made all the difference in their life. Look at verse number 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it was told unto him. Let me ask you this question. I think it's important for us to read our Bible every day but you can read your Bible and not, can I use the term, experience Christ? Do we know him? This, the songwriter said, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Jesus said this in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We don't like to, to apply sometimes these things this way. But if, if I'm not experiencing rest, if I'm not experiencing uh, 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 the, the yoke that is easy and the burdens light, then I'm probably not coming unto him. See, come unto him, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. If we're here this morning, as much as we don't like to admit it, and there's not rest in our souls, then we're probably not coming unto him. We think about learning of him. The songwriter said this, I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. 
our hymn book records a hymn or ha- includes a hymn, hymn number 446. It's entitled Satisfied. You think about what the songwriter said. Uh, a lady wrote this, this hymn. She was married to a preacher. All my life long I had panted for a draught from some clear spring that I hoped would quench the burning of the thirst I felt within. Feeding on the husks around me till my strength was almost gone. Long my soul for something better. Even as a Christian, if I'm thirsting after the wrong thing, it won't satisfy. Long my soul for something better, only still to hunger on. Poor I was and sought for riches, something that would satisfy. But the dust I gathered round me only mocked my soul's sad cry. Well of water ever springing, bread of life so rich and free, untold wealth that never faileth, my Redeemer is to me. Hallelujah! I have found him, whom my soul so long has craved. Jesus satisfies my longing. Is that true this morning of you? Jesus satisfies my longing. Through his blood I now am saved. Oh, he opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. And the shepherds believed the truth, but the shepherds went in haste to see the child and seeing the child Jesus, spending time with the baby Jesus, changed their life. They rejoiced. They came back. And by the way, I'm convinced that we would be happier people. We'd be more rejoicing people if when we spent time with Jesus, we really spent time with Jesus and didn't just read pages, words on, on pages in the book to check off a box that we had our devotions. God wants an intimate, close relationship with us. He satisfies the longing soul. And that time with Jesus changed the shepherds. They believed. Number two, they experienced. Number three, they shared the truth. Look at verse number 17. Verse number 17, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. What was the saying? What was the message of verse 15, right? See, uh, uh, was, was Jesus, uh, was the child that was, that was born. Uh, verse 11, pardon me, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Christ is born. The words made known in our text are from some words that mean to publish abroad, to make known thoroughly. It wasn't just where they were, but I think as they traveled back, as they interacted and saw people, they declared the truth. Christ, the Savior, is born. I'm convinced, by the way, we'd be more apt, let me just say it this way, we would share Christ more if our time with Christ was real. You see, when I experience Christ and I see that he satisfies the longing soul and I see that he is the answer, I can't but help 
Acts chapter 4, but speak the things which I've seen and heard. And sometimes uh, really uh, uh, witnessing evangelism, talking about Jesus should flow from a life that is full of Christ that overflows into the lives of other people. We shouldn't have to say, oh, now I have to go soul winning. I got to eat meatballs. By the way, no one has come to me with ideas for 2023. We're going to change the menu next year. It's a new year. So if you want to come talk to me, we can change the menu. We could change it. I just had a thought. I don't think this is the Lord, Um, but we could change it to cereal. Wouldn't that be cool? Cereal? I mean, yeah, it'd be cool. But I was thinking something different, but I'm not the cook, so I have to talk to people about, you know what I mean? I have great ideas, but we have limited, <laughs> you're already limited, can't take two hours to cook our steaks. You know what I'm saying? In any event, we shouldn't have to say, no, I'm going to eat my meatball. I'm going to get out there and try to give out some of these cards here because pastor's going to ask us tonight, how many passed out a card? I got it. The reality is Jesus died on the cross. He saved me from my, I'm on my way to heaven. This is about his birthday. This is about Christ. And Christ is real to me. And he's my all in all. And he's everything. And I got to tell the world. I got to tell everybody about Jesus. And do you know what? The easiest time to share the gospel with people is this time right now. And every one of you has individuals in your neighborhood, in your family circle, your friend's circle that you can invite. I think, and I won't ever know, but God will know, right? I think it'd be sad for a member of Victory Baptist Church to go through the Christmas season, have a Christmas program, and to go to the new year and not having invited one person to come. This is an opportunity for us to say, hey, you got to come. It's an opportunity for us to invite folks to say, hey, listen, come and, and, and tell them. Say, look, I'll take you out to eat. Here, take them to McDonald's. It's cheap. They got a, they got a dollar meal. You can get only one thing on it because of inflation. Um, but, but get them a Sunday. Tell them you can take them out for ice cream. Whatever. Communicating truth. One of the reasons we're still here is to communicate the truth. Christ, a Savior, is born. In 2015, you can do the math, I think seven years ago or so, I shared an illustration that I'm going to reshare this morning that to me is very impactful when it comes to communicating a message. I think sometimes we're uh, very quick to stop. We're very quick to allow a closed door, somebody saying no, or, or intimidation to stop us. In 1912, the autumn of 1912, President Hopeful Terry Roosevelt was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin to deliver an important campaign speech. Thousands of well-wishers lined the motorcade hoping for a glimpse to see him. From out of nowhere, a deranged man stepped to the edge of the car, aimed a pistol at him, and from point-blank range, fired a shot deep into his chest. It knocked him across the car, and uh, blood was everywhere. Immediately, those people that took care of him tried to figure out the quickest way to get to the hospital, and Roosevelt said, no, we're not going there. Get me to the speech. Minutes after the shooting, Roosevelt stood before his appreciative audience without a microphone, 
And he said, friends, I shall ask you to be as quiet as possible. I've just been shot, and even now the bullet is in me. I cannot speak for long, but I will do my best. He opened his coat to retrieve his handwritten notes, and for the first time he exposed blood to the crowd. Doctors rushed to the stage, but he held them off because he had a message to communicate. His message was more straightforward than scripted. It was driven by passion. Fifty minutes, I'm told, an exhausted Roosevelt gave his message. When he was done, he said to the doctors, now we can go to the hospital. A thunderous applause erupted and continued until the motorcade was out of sight. I thought about, here's a man that had a message to communicate. Nothing was going to stop him. And for 50 minutes, he communicated his message for the nation with a bullet in his chest. I thought about how many of us, Christ the Savior is born. We got the manger scene. There it sits. It's Christmas time. But how important is the message of Christmas to us? How important is communicating the message of Christmas to us? We do everything we can here to provide opportunity for God's people to go out and communicate. Matter of fact, one of the reasons we started Outreach Sunday is I was thinking in my mind, I was talking to whoever was with me at the time, could have been Drew, could have been Matt, I don't know how long we've been doing it, and I said, you know what, I need to try to provide an opportunity that will take almost every excuse away from all of us. And boom, I shared it this week with a pastor friend of mine. He said, what do you do? I said, oh, Sunday, we go hours. That's a great idea. It's really just an opportunity for us as a church to do what we're supposed to be doing. Christ the Savior is born while communicating that message. That's what the shepherds did. Very simple. Christ the Savior is born. We believe it. Christ said, we're going to experience it. We see Jesus. And we're going to tell the whole world. And isn't that, in a nutshell, <laughs> our Christian experience? Somebody says, Christ died for you. You say, wow, I believe it. I've got the truth of the word of God. I've got to believe it. God loves me and wants to walk with me, yes. And when he does, I can't help but speak the things which I've seen and heard. May God help us this Christmas to be like the shepherds. Those were the ones that proclaimed Christ. Lord, we love you today.